Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Alfick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week we bring you October 7th through 13th in 1995. Before we jump right in, uh, this week we're doing something very special for Canadian Thanksgiving. This is an unplugged episode, and by unplugged, I mean unedited. That's right. We are coming to you live and pre-recorded in super unedited glory, so... Yo, yeah, yeah. Damn it. I've already stumbled over my words. We're like nine seconds in. All right. Uh, let's, o- just, let's just get into the news. Fuck. October 7th. Southerners transformed one sleepy village of Destin into a prime resort. Now, much of it has been blown away by Hurricane Opal. Like moths drawn into a flame, the elite of Southern society flocked to the tiny sliver of pristine beachfront building their multi-million dollar condos as close as structurally possible to the emerald waters that lap the sugary sands. I'm so glad that this article is the first one. It's not tough to say at all. (laughs) On Wednesday, as Hurricane Opal tore across the dozens of small barrier islands that shield the Florida mainland from the sea, Destin's gamble came up a loser. Pummeled by 100 mile per hour plus gusts and a 20 foot tidal surge, virtually every waterfront property was flushed into ruins by a brackish wall of surf and sand. Cars floated out of garages, boats flew onto the shore, roads buckled under the waves, dunes disintegrated in the wind. Hurricane Opal was one of the most devastating hurricanes of the year, causing over $5.1 billion in damages. It was also one of the few hurricanes to affect our area. Its path took right through Fort Erie and Buffalo, uh, though it was definitely not a hurricane by that point. Just a tropical storm. Yeah, still a lot of wind, still a lot of rain. Um, I don't remember it, but I have friends who do. It was a big one. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on? Yep. All right. Uh, Actually, before we move on, one other point on that. I think one of the reasons I brought this article up is because Hurricane Matthew right now is just raging through, like, the southern United States, through uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida. Hurricanes don't fuck around. Yeah, they really don't. Um, So, if you see a hurricane warning... Don't fuck around. Don't fuck around. Now we'll move on to... (laughs) Now we'll move on to October 8th. Unplugged. Oh, yeah. Chicago street gangs infiltrate police ranks. Some of the city's most notorious street gangs are infiltrating the police department here, and officials can't do much about it. Until gang members in blue break a law, they're protected by their union contract and the right to associate with whomever they please, officials say. In the last three years, at least 15 police officers have been charged with crimes, forced to resign, or investigated for membership in a street gang, the Chicago Sun-Times said in its Sunday editions. Wow. Well, I mean, the police have since cleaned up their act, so no problem there. Yep. October okay. 9th. <laughs> October 9th. Boy 13 killed as he and other youths play with a gun at the market. A 13-year-old boy was fatally shot Sunday afternoon as he and two other 13-year-old boys played with a semi-automatic handgun at a corner market in south-central Los Angeles, police said. Jesus Holy shit. The three, <laughs> the 380 caliber weapon apparently belonged to the owner of a of the La Polga Loca Market on South Vermont Avenue where the shooting occurred, uh, the you know police said. The boys went behind the counter at about 2.30 p.m. Uh, to play with a loaded gun, and then, you know, your kid died. Shit went down. Yeah, shit, yeah. Got, shit got real. Guns are bad. Um, okay. If you have a gun, don't put it in a place where 13-year-olds can play with it. Agreed. Yeah. Moving on. 13-year-olds like to play with things. I mean, guns do look cool. They super do. Yeah. Let's be real but about it. But they're super dangerous. Also and that. Yeah. 
Let's move on to October 10th. A few cool things were released on VHS today, and I just want to bring them up. Casper, the live-action film with Christina Ricci so and Bill Pullman. Friday, and Tommy Boy. Hey. All came out on VHS. Pretty good. Super cool. Uh, also today, Tragic Kingdom, the third album from No Doubt, was released today. It featured the great songs uh, like Spiderwebs, Just a Girl, and obviously, Don't Speak. Classic. Yeah, this is my favorite No Doubt album, without a doubt. I think it's their best. Huh, no a doubt. doubt. No doubt. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, wow. Speaking of music, we have an article today. China piracy of U.S. products surges despite accord. Six months after Beijing agreed to U.S. demands that it clamp down on pirated trademarks, copyrights, and patents, China's illegal production of compact discs has actually doubled, and six of the seven major counterfeit CD factories shut down at the time by authorities have reopened. That's fine. U.S. officials say. So, uh, don't copy that floppy, or... I don't know. I guess China's just gonna do it anyway, so. Don't copy that floppy. October 11th. Tupac Shakur is released from the Clinton Correctional Facility, New York, uh, USA, on a $4.1 million bail, which was posted by Suge Knight. In return, Tupac signed a three-album deal with Knight's Death Row Records. Fun fact, up for, I think it's up for sale or up for auction, is the Bible that Tupac had while he was staying at the Clinton Correctional Facility. Really? Yeah, I just saw it. It's like listed for, I think, 45000 US. That's crazy. Something like that. Yeah. That's also a good way to get someone to sign a record deal with you. Right. October 12th. Africanized honeybees kill Arizona woman. Hundreds of Africanized honeybees, aka killer bees, swarmed from the walls of a vacant house and stung an 88-year-old woman so many times that virtually every exposed area of her body was covered with stingers. Oh, God. Mary Williams of Apache Junction died on Tuesday, four days after a neighbor found her lying on the street covered with bees. Holy fuck, the fucking killer bees. Oh my god. So this woman lived for four bonus days of absolute misery. After being stung the fuck to death by killer bees. God, that sucks. This is why I was so afraid of the killer bees in the 90s. The killer bees were something to be afraid of, for sure. Yeah. All right. Last day of the week, October 13th, Xerox is introducing a line of digital copiers and printers. The Xerox Corporation yesterday introduced the first of a new line of digital copier printers that are designed to be connected to office computer networks. The two machines differ from traditional copiers because they can receive documents directly from desktop computers, store them in memory, and print them as ordered. What a time to be alive. Network printers, those were a thing. It was really hard to find a news article for this day. As a sidebar, I just bought a printer two days ago because, I I don't know if you're aware of this, but printers do not like being fed uh, cords. Say what? I left a small cord on top of my paper on my printer. Okay. And it fed into the printer. And the printer didn't like that and started spewing toner everywhere. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I bought a new printer. I now own a touchscreen printer. Is it a laser printer? Yes. Okay, that's But good. the touchscreen already feels janky. Like, printers, oh, yeah. printers already suck to work with, and now you've given me just a bonus thing that I can it's hate another, it. It's another variable oh, to go God. wrong, yeah. and if anyone has ever worked in an office... Printers, printers, printers are wrong. dicks. Printers are the assholes of the office. Printers are, like, the living embodiment of um, that one law, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Murphy's Law. Printers are the living embodiment of that woman from office space who says somebody's got a case of the Mondays. This is now a podcast about printers. Oh, I love it. All right, let's move on to sometime this year. The Misfits, on hiatus since 1983, reformed as a band this year. I'm really only making a note of this because I was listening to them as I wrote this down, so it kind of, I don't know, it felt right. Also, Halloween is soon. 
I also really don't get how horror punk is a thing. I like like two of their songs. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right, let's jump into movies and music. At the box office, in the number one spot, seven. Hmm. They should make a sequel to that. Call it eight. I think they should just call it nine. And then everyone's going to wonder where eight was. Well, because seven, eight, nine. I did that. I just did that. All right. (sighs) (laughs) In the number two spot, (laughs) Assassins. Uh, At three, we have Dead Presidents. Four is a movie I've never heard of, but this might be the most interesting title. How to Make an American Quilt. Not just a quilt, it's an American quilt. An American quilt. quilt. It's uh, three parts uh, yarn, four parts freedom. Ooh. And at number five, Jade. Otherwise, moving down the list, not a lot of stuff I see that I like. Ooh, The Big Green, the soccer movie? Mm, Green. Who was in that? Um, That wasn't Robin Williams, was it? No. No? There was was a couple people. Who was in this? No one actually knows. No one knows. It's not... uh, Yeah, we're not even getting a picture of it. No, we're not even getting a picture. Nothing's coming I remember this movie. I I remember the title, or the the poster. I don't know. More research needs to be done on that movie. Okay. What else is here? Apollo 13. Nice. Pocahontas. Of Pocahontas. Uh, at clinging on at the very bottom, we get Braveheart and Batman Forever. So, not a lot going on at the movie theater. Have you seen? Um, there's a movie trailer out right now for whatever Mel Gibson's oh, doing yeah. now, but it doesn't say from director Mel Gibson. It's from the director who brought you Braveheart or something like that. Nice, because everyone still knows Braveheart was a good movie. Yeah, but people aren't quite ready to accept Michael or Mel Gibson as not a racist they'll get there probably we'll see all right let's move on to the billboard hot 100 and the number one spot a song that neither of us want to talk about fantasy by mariah carey i'll actually kind of agree with you on that oh really okay i, I, just I like saying... fantasy okay. but it was pretty overplayed at the time and it's not her greatest like if something is gonna if something's gonna set a impressionable youth up to not like mariah carey i think it could be fantasy okay fair I enough like the song but I, it has its faults. Yeah. Uh, in the number two spot, one of the best 90s songs. A song period. I really doesn't have any faults. Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio, obviously. At three, we get You Are Not Alone by Michael Jackson. At four, Kiss from a Rose, which we've talked about a few times. And at five, Runaway by Janet Jackson. Interesting thing to note about all of these songs. They are stable. Not a single thing is moved up or down in the top five. In fact, even number six, Waterfalls by TLC, is staying there. Uh, but seven, though. Seven's a big one. I'm not a fan of the band. Is However, anyone? Some people are. Some people are. Only Want to Be With You by Hootie and the Blowfish. Probably their biggest song. Yeah, it's, I think, one of the only ones I can really identify. Yeah. Um, man, Hootie and the Blowfish were just... Even in the 90s, they were kind of a joke. Yeah. I mean, I guess oh, right. look, we get at 17. What do we have at 17? I'll Be There For You by a band called the Rembrandts. Ooh, nice. If none of that makes, you know, if none of that sparks a memory for well, you, uh, you've probably heard the theme song from Friends, and that's what this is. Yeah, no one told you life was going to be this way. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> one day, if I ever get into a car accident and that song's playing, that's going to be why. Officer, I had to take my hands off I had the to wheel. Clap. I had to clap. Oh, well, we won't press charges. All right, moving down the list. I'm not seeing a lot on here that I want to talk about. At 27, our boy, fan of the show, borderline sponsor by this point, Michael Bolton, with Can I Touch You? Dot, dot, dot. There. Question mark. This is the best song title of all time. Can I, I Touch You There? We need to listen to this. We do need to listen to this. Holy shit. There's a lot of songs like that that 
Okay, this may be an obvious answer, but okay. I don't know the answer to it. What wouldn't Meatloaf do for love? Well, he won't do that. But what is, like... Butt what stuff. What is that? Is it butt stuff? Yeah. Like, is he on but the like receiving on, end? On the or? receiving end. So he's he, not yeah. into pagan. No, he won't do that. Okay, there it is. But he would do anything else for love. Yeah. I think we leave this here. Yeah. 27. <laughs> Can I touch you there? Can I touch <laughs> you dot, 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 there? I mean, he could, mean, he could mean your heart. Maybe. Yeah. Like Probably not, though. I think I think Michael Bolton wants to touch us all in our hearts, in our beating, throbbing hearts. Yep. All right, let's move into '90s news now because you've got some stuff here. Yeah. Um. I don't know how Power Rangers news keeps creeping up, but here we are again. This week, Bandai Namco announced Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Mega Battle, a very '90s style side-scrolling game. It looks a lot like the uh, Simpsons arcade game mm-hmm. or some of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games from the early 90s. Yep. Like, you've got four people on the screen, you're going around punching bad guys, everyone has their own health bars, it looks super fun. You fight your way through Rita's, remon- Rita's monsters, and apparently Lord Zed too. I, I would Lord like Zed. to play this. Okay, yeah, play I'll this. give it a yeah. try. It looks a little too cartoony. It looks... It does look really cartoony, right? but I think I like that. I'll give it a go. Also, the first trailer for the Power Rangers movie has been released. Uh, we're going to cover that next week. Did you watch it yet? I haven't watched it okay. yet. Okay, I watched it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take the next one? Sure. Last one here for the week. Vans is releasing an official Toy Story line of shoes featuring designs inspired by Woody, Buzz Lightyear, uh, as well as patterns featuring multiple other characters. So, you think they look cool? I, I haven't actually cool. seen them. They all have Andy written on the bottom. That's the best. I know. I wish my name was Andy. I don't care. I mean, it's kind of weird because I'm sort of implying that I'm owned by some kid named Andy. It's a little weird. But, man, they look super cool. Pretty neat. Yeah. All right, let's jump into this week on. Uh, So, Seinfeld, no dice. Friends, also no dice. So we bring you The Simpsons, Season 7, Episode 4, Bart Sells His Soul. Sorry, didn't want to hiccup. Held it in. Fair enough. I don't have the hiccups right now. In a discussion with Milhouse at church, Bart proclaims there is no such thing as a soul and for $5 agrees to sell his to Milhouse in the form of a piece of paper reading Bart Simpson's soul. Lisa warns Bart that he will regret selling his soul, but he dismisses her fears. Soon, Bart begins to suspect he really did lose his soul after experiencing unusual phenomena and sets out to retrieve it. I love this episode this of The Simpsons. This is one of the greatest episodes, it's and there's so good. much iconic stuff in this episode besides just the soul. Just, like, a lot of depth mm-hmm. here. We've got the subplot with Mo opening, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. opening Unky Mo's family feed bag. Yeah. Uh, such a great line by... Le- you. One of the only times I think you see... Dr. Hibbert's extended family. Mm. He's got like three kids and stuff. Um, I love the line when they're trying to decide where to go. Uh, Professor VJ Cornucopian's Fantastic Food Megorium and Great yeah. American Steakery. <laughs> um, and the Alf Pogs. This is the episode yeah, that brings Alf you Alf. He's back. He is back. In Pog, in pog form. form. Um, I don't know what else to say about Uncle this Moe's family feed bag yeah. was like one of my favorite anythings that came from The Simpsons. Oh, your sodies cold. <laughs> oh, good stuff i'll tell you where you can shove that sody too <laughs> like i can't i we've all worked customer service jobs oh, yeah. we've all been angry but never have i wanted to tell a like four-year-old where to shove her sody i've never been that mad i can i life. can understand how you get to that point though i don't know all right this week in our next segment thankfully not 90s we'd like to talk about something that really did not at all exist in the 90s and thankfully so yeah and uh you know it's 
Thanksgiving in Canada this week, so we really want to be thankful for things, right? This week, we are thankful that in the 90s, we did not have to deal with the friend zone. The 90s, a time when the friend zone really didn't exist. I have a lot of problems with the friend zone, and we're both going to remember what it was like when this wasn't a thing, and why why we don't like it. Yep. Um, a little background first. You want to take the next little bit? Sure. So no one knows exactly where the friend zone came from, uh, but apparently the phrase was first really thrown into pop culture in the 90s from a show we've talked about here and there called Friends. So according to Wikipedia, a finite source for everything, always, the Friends episode, the one with the blackout, features Ross, obviously, who was lovesick for Rachel at the time, and he was described by character Joey Tribbiani as being, quote, the mayor of the friend zone. The question of whether a man can ever escape the friend zone and begin dating one of his female friends helped make uh, the geek dream couple of Ross and Rachel's storyline uh, dramatically compelling to viewers. So Joey Tribbiani obviously has given us a lot over the years. I don't personally blame Joey for this. I don't think he could have known what this would have turned into. No. No personal blame. Also, you're a fictional character, so that, there's that There's too. that too, yeah. Now, on to why the friend zone is dumb. We don't have enough time to get into that. This is a this is a sub hour podcast. Just yeah, a couple <laughs> we'll gloss super over quick it. points. We've all been there. We've all liked someone who doesn't feel the same way. It's not their fault and saying something like they put me in the friend zone. It's just dickish. It's shifting the blame onto them when it's no one's fault. Agreed. And like we've all been probably on the receiving end of that. We've all probably had someone like us and we're not really feeling that. Yeah. That's not my fault. There are some rare occasions where there could be some legitimacy to it, but I'm sure 99%, you're just kind of being an ass. Get over it. For sure. Now, on to the most important reason why the friend zone sucks. It ruins zones. Zone is such a good word. It is. Zones, I think, have to be about the coolest non-specific way to describe an area. Yep. Forbidden zone. Phantom zone. Disputed zone. The Zone of No Return, Green Hill Zone, Sonic, everybody. Yeah, uh, Pizza Hut's Pizzones. The Demilitarized Zone. The Demilitarized Zone, The Zone on YTV. Obviously, The Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone. These are all really cool-sounding zones. Interesting zones. These are zones to be feared, revered, or excited about. Mm -hmm. They carry with them power and... Something cool. And the friend zone should be a cool place. A zone of friends. Exactly. Who doesn't like friends? And who doesn't like zones? Yeah. I actually listen to... I have a, I have a podcast that I listen to. Uh, the Worst Idea of All Time. Their secondary podcast is called The Friend Zone. And oh, it's just celebrating friendship. That's nice. And that's that's how the friend zone needs to be used. Agreed. I mean... And let's just talk about, a bit more about zones. The several hectares of no return. That doesn't sound as cool. No. The phantom area. Seems mm. a little off. Green Hill Acres... Seems like a good name for a farm. Probably is a farm. Although, the archipelago of eternal sadness. Oh, God, that sounds That would be really cool, but that's not, that's not, that's very specific. Okay. An archipelago is a thing. A peninsula is a thing. That's true. Zone is generic, and I like it that way. Mm -hmm. Friend zone, it just sounds lame. So this week, we would like to remember the 1990s, for we are thankful that it was a time when people didn't whine about being in the friend zone, and possibly more importantly, when zones were universally a cool way to describe a nondescript area. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? If you are listening to this tonight or tomorrow and you're in Canada, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving, and we hope you're thankful for some things out there. For our, our American listeners, 
come back in a month and uh, just listen to this portion again. Frankly, your Thanksgiving is at the wrong time. However, you air football, so I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. And if you live in another part of the world where you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, do it. It's an excuse to eat, to get together, and eat delicious food with people. It is pretty wonderful. All right, this week's 90s spotlight, we'll keep it short because that was a, that was a pretty big, thankfully, not 90s. Um, but we'd like to talk about something a little bit more serious, and this is the disappearance of the loner. So the 1990s were a time where if you were a kid or an adult, uh, loners were a very real part of society. People who just didn't seem to really fit in with a group, stuck to themselves, and seemed to be lonely. Thus the moniker loner. And just being a loser in general yep. was a bigger thing up until and including in the 90s. There were there were PSAs. I remember this, like the ads from Concerned Children's Advertisers, which we at least had in Canada. I don't know if they got to the U.S., uh, but that, you know, pushed people and especially kids to celebrate being different and celebrate the things that make you unique. But that's all it was. It was just an ad trying to get you to do that, that you didn't really do, and you made fun of loners and people just didn't fit in. But now it seems like due to the increase of, you know, communication technology, especially, you can find people who, you know, you can get along with and become friends with over just about anything you're interested in. Mm -hmm. And I also think that like counterculture and being different, it just finally reached a tipping point oh, at or after the 90s mm -hmm. where, where it, it was okay, cool. where it was acceptable and... Whether it's alternative music, or just any kind of different lifestyle, it finally reached a point after 30, 40 years of being different, slowly building up to a point where you now have multiple generations of different people, and it's cool now. It's at least way more cool to be a nerd or a loner than it was 20, 30 years ago. So in the 90s, if you were a computer nerd, you were playing games on your own. There wasn't much of an online function because there wasn't much of an online period. Whereas now, if you're into games like World of Warcraft, you can be in a guild or a clan and you've got all these people you game with and there are chat functions and it's a whole big thing. But it wasn't like that in the 90s. So the, the disappearance of the loner is our 90s spotlight because they really seem to have vanished. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing. Oh, like, definitely. It's it's a good thing that people are different now and it's celebrated. I mean, even just looking at TV and movies then, the protagonists of movies were generally at least somewhat cool people. Popular. Yeah, popular kids. There were definitely some times when you had a less popular person as a protagonist, but it wasn't very often. Now, even things looking back at the 90s or even before shine more positive light on it have you you still haven't watched stranger things haven't you? not yet oh you gotta I will, watch I it i will get there you gotta watch it but the th the main characters in that are loser kids who get together and play dungeons and dragons they are i think they're super cool they're people i can relate to well we hang out with loser kids who play dungeons and dragons that's true yeah shout outs to mark rob mateo zach other chris if anything, <laughs> I think if anything, we're the losers for not being in on that. Ooh, disagreed. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. Well, They're nerds, man. Nerds. I mean, you're out there with your network printer and your How dare printing you? documents. Yeah. I'm just wandering the streets playing Pokemon Go still. That's true. We've all got our own things. Yeah. Speaking of people who have their own things, 
every week on the show, we bring you a sponsor. Most of the time, it's a fictitious one that we made up and supports the podcast in no tangible or untangible way. This, this week's week an exception. is an exception because we are sponsored uh, by The Geekery uh, and the fellow who owns it. Uh, well, it's he and his wife, but Steve is the, the gentleman who sent me the email. Steve's a good guy. So I'm going to read you the blurb and then we'll talk about it a little bit. So here's what Steve says. Come and check out the Geekery at the Forest City Comic Con in London, Ontario, November 5th and 6th. We will be there showcasing our geeky goodies, which is a great time to do some Christmas shopping. It will also be a good time to meet Billy West, uh, the voice of Stimpy and Fry from Futurama, uh, Scott Yaff of It's Alive fame, and more notably, I think, he's Wink Yahoo from Uh-Oh yeah, that on is... YTV. That was one of my staples of, like, 90s after-school stuff. Oh, yeah. And come see a replica of Michael Bay's Optimus Prime. So, the Geekery is an Etsy store. They have some really cool stuff. I've been meaning to pick up a few things. I've dropped the ball on that. I've dropped the ball on everything. We're very busy people lately. But actually, I can't tell you why right now. We'll get to that. But we will. So, yeah. Check out the Etsy store. It's super cool. Mm. I think it's etsy.com slash thegeekery42, I believe. I should not be giving out URLs on an, on an unplugged right, episode, though. but I think that is right. Yeah, if it's not, we'll correct it in the notes for yeah. the episode. Uh, and yeah, check them out at the London Comic Con. That is going to be a really cool thing. Billy West. Wow. Um, in addition to Fry and Stimpy, he's voiced tons oh, of things. Of I stuff. think he's done Bugs Bunny at one point. Really? I didn't I know that. I think so. Again, we're That's unplugged, cool. so we have no way to verify this. Nope. And yeah, check out their store. They've made so much cool stuff. And if you're there, help support them, which helps supports the show. And you'll get something really awesome out of it, too, because they make lots of kick-ass handmade nerd stuff. Yeah, we've got one of their Mario magnets on our fridge at home. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got the coupon on my fridge. That's, that's true. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, let's spin the wheel for next week. This is a live take. We're not even going to cheat and change the year like we normally do. Yeah, uh, and you know what? <laughs> I think this may not be the time to bring it up, but next week is episode 42, which means we have 10 weeks left in the year. That is insane. And I, I can't th- believe we got it past episode 6. Yeah. We are going to, we're going to spin, this is going to be completely random, but for the rest of the year, I think we're going to try to focus on each year at least one, well, exactly one more time. Exactly one more time. All right, so next week we are covering October 14th through 20th, math. 1992, Year of Our Lord. 1992. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, as always, you can find us online at stuckinthe90spodcast.com, facebook.com slash stuckinthe90spodcast, Twitter, S-I-T-9-0-S. I, you guys get it. We're on, we're on Instagram. Yeah, That's a Instagram. thing. I posted uh, a picture of a VCR this week. My work, honest to God, got in VCRs to sell. That's the best. And I don't know if you remember, but a few weeks ago on the <laughs> podcast, we covered how they stopped making VCRs. So, uh, yeah. People still buy them. Apparently. They do. Well, my dad has a decent collection of VHS tapes. That's true. I think we, we still have a bunch at home, too. Yeah. All right. I think uh, that, that just about does it. If you'd like to be a sponsor, just like Steve and the Geekery for a second time around, you're more than welcome to. Get in touch with us. Shoot us an email. It's 10 bucks. We'll plug your wares on the show. Uh, the first time around, Steve said he got a pretty good pretty good turnout from it. So, hey, that, that's good. You know, yeah, 10 bucks. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll do something fun. Yeah. As always, we are willing to plug your Tinder. Send us oh, yeah. 10 bucks. I Send really us a link. That. You know what? I'm, I'm even willing to plug the first Tinder profile for free. Oh, shit. That's a great idea. All right. Yeah. Send us your Tinder profile. If you're the first one, we will plug it for free. We will find you, love, or maybe get you late. No problem. And with that, the yeah. podcast. Oh god, it's so over. It's now over. Yeah. <laughs> I think promising to get people laid is a solid move.